You're listening to Improving Business, where personal and business finance take a front row seat. I'm Brandon. And this is Rick. And today we'll be talking about Elon Musk, entrepreneur and strategist. Did you ever wonder how some people make it so successful that they actually change the world? Uh, We talk about visionaries all the time, people who have uh, made big changes. Henry Ford with the standardization of uh, the assembly line, or at least uh, time study, right? Yeah, and I I also remember that somebody said that they were uh, reading articles from students that were applying to colleges, and they said, if I read another article on Steve Jobs... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I will. I will slap myself. Oh man, do people reuse the same things in essays all the time? Yeah. Right. When I was TAing, oh man, how many quotes from Mahatma Gandhi did I see? <laughs> a, a million. <laughs> but anyway, certain people actually do uh, change the world, um, and uh, their legacy is often being uh, bad quotes and bad essays. But today we're going to talk about combining strategy and entrepreneurship, uh, the dynamic duo of business success, and uh, we'll be pulling a little information from Lean Strategy by David Collins, which is from Harvard Business Review, March 2016. So... If you don't know who Elon Musk is, probably you've been living in uh, a cave, but <laughs> uh, we're going to go and talk a little bit about his story, um, namely uh, the SpaceX Corporation is what he's most famous for now. Uh, it's an American aerospace manufacturer and space transport service uh, with the basically the end of NASA as a as a um space exploration thing at least it's funding cut so significantly there's not much they can do anymore uh space travel has been privatized and spacex is a company from hawthorne california it's one of the people uh, and groups uh, privatizing space and it was founded in 2002 by a former paypal entrepreneur and tesla motors ceo elon musk those are the other things you probably know him from i'm a great fan of tesla um and basically and you know i didn't know that he was co-founder of PayPal. Yeah, that's how he made his fortune. I, I didn't know that at all. That was mm-hmm. that's a, that's amazing. You go from one industry to the other. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about a lot of like visionaries like him is that they they are their skill set is realizing when there's an opportunity for business. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily running that business. It's it's having the foresight to figure out you know what's going to be the next big thing. And PayPal in the in the 90s was the next big thing. Yeah. Electric cars uh, being done if, uh, if efficiently and well is is very big now. And he's looking towards the future with SpaceX of of space exploration and colony work um, and also maintaining satellites, which is a thing that we need very much uh, now. Nowadays, uh, on the private model. So the end goal of SpaceX, though, is to reduce space transportation costs and enable the colonization of Mars. 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 Great. I, I mean, wonder if I they're going to pack the candy bar as part of their nutrition. Oh, no. Their, they should. They, they should. should. A they Mars. Should. Well, yeah. A Mars bar. You should, oh. Well, they're fairly light, right? They have that yeah. uh, soft uh, center. Yeah, well, I mean, what a better place to eat a Mars bar than Mars. You know, it just, it would be great. I think they'd have to eat, like, nutrition paste. Well, just put in a Mars bar wrapper. Okay, yeah, exactly. Color it brown. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, One of the main things that uh, SpaceX has done, uh, uh, they developed the Falcon 1 and Falcon 9 launch vehicles. 
um, both of which were designed to be reusable, um, which a lot of the uh, old NASA booster rockets weren't. I mean, the space shuttle itself was reusable, but the, the things that they used to get it up into space weren't uh, and would often burn up in the atmosphere. Um, the Dragon spacecraft, which is flown into orbit by the Falcon 9 launch vehicle, uh, to supply the International Space Station with cargo. So they have the launch vehicle that's reusable, then they have the actual spacecraft, kind of like the um, space shuttle was attached to those booster rockets. Did you see the video of that rocket landing yeah. back on the that uh, barge? Isn't that that's the next big thing. It's that he, he figured out a way uh, to not only... They're not like splashing down these rockets in the ocean and recovering yeah. them. The rocket, uh, the Falcon 1 liquid-propelled rocket... Uh, landed itself back down like it's a it's like you're watching a reversed version of a space launch except it's real yeah and, and i mean that's exactly what the movies that came out in the 50s look like they always yeah. landed on mars <laughs> something yeah. that looked exactly like that Going also down. the flight to mars in uh, disneyland before you were born mm -hmm. they had the same type of thing as what you know they envisioned that it was supposed to look like uh, as you were in the little capsule uh flying <laughs> you know well, this is a great time to be alive for someone like me who uh, who's a big sci-fi enthusiast yeah. to see to see rockets landing themselves on a on a drone barge and see the the U.S. Navy shooting down drone fighters with a laser cannon, uh -huh. which is right. also real. Um, I'm, I'm breaking out my old I'm breaking out my own uh, uh, the, the guy from the 50s. Uh, the uh, what was that called? The uh, the space guy in the 50s. Uh, Danger Will Robinson. Danger Will, <laughs> Danger Will Robinson. Danger. Is that what you're talking about? No, the guys. They used to have. They used to run his spaceship, and they put sparklers in the back of it. I mean, oh, sparklers. Oh, yeah. um, Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. It was. yeah, they had sparklers in the back of it, and they hit it on a tether, and he just ran it across the you know the production room. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, filmed like spark, it. Sparkles oh, was close great. they could come to fire, you know. Exactly, or other they'd burn the whole paper mache spaceship down, right? <laughs> but uh, SpaceX has done a lot of cool stuff. Um, they launched the SES-8 in 2013, which was the first SpaceX delivery into geosynchronous orbit. Now they can put satellites up there. Um, and uh, the uh, what we were talking about, the aforementioned vertical landing um, was uh, nuts. But these are all the innovations that are going on, but the goal of, as as he stated, is to be able to spread humanity out to the stars. Like Stephen Hawking said, we have to get off this planet before we destroy it, um, or something from space <laughs> destroys it. Um, I'm paraphrasing very heavily. Stephen Hawking said it <laughs> yeah, much yeah. more yeah, eloquently. Yeah, that's right. You don't sound like Steve Hawkins. Better get out of here before the comets hit the planet, just yeah, right. like Stephen Hawking said. You know, and in the story that we're bringing to you uh, on Elon Musk is because he did an excellent job of combining entrepreneurship and strategists. He did those two things, which are two opposite ends, two opposite poles. And some people are very good at one and others are very good at others. And if you really don't put them both together, you're going to have a hard time succeeding. So the basics, if you're looking to start a business or maybe you're working somewhere, you want to start a new business or you're between jobs and you want to start a new business, is that there are two basic things. Uh, one is strategic planning and the other is entrepreneurship or I like to look at it as like a business plan. 
And in the article that we talked about, David Collins from Lean Strategy, he, he kind of used those terms, entrepreneurship and strategist. But I'd like to look at a strategic plan as versus a business plan. And the way I've always dis, uh, used this to um, uh, explain the difference, because a lot of people don't understand what the difference is, is that a business plan is like uh, if Elon Musk was going to build his rocket in his garage. And so he goes out and he finds people and he hires people to, to get the material, to do the labor, to do all the research, and they, they go do a business plan, how much it's going to cost and how long it's going to take. And they're going to go through this and build this rocket in his garage. But they've built the rocket, and now they roll it out of the garage, and they're going, okay, let's stand it up. Where are we going? And mm-hmm. was, you know, Okay, well, I don't know. I thought you knew where we were going. <laughs> I was just building it. That's what a strategic plan is for. A strategic plan basically is a vision of where you're going. And it's a little more robust than that because it talks about what kind of internal strengths that you would use or what your weaknesses are and how you'd use those. It also would look at what the obstacles uh, that would be ahead of you and also you know, what, what kind of threats or um, what kind of external competition. And so it's a, it's a direction. So it's like you got the rocket, but you don't know where you're going. And it's very important to um, you know, know where you're going. And a lot of business people don't. They'll do a five-year business plan, and they'll say, okay, that's great. You know, we're just going to get through the next five years. But they don't understand what the overall vision is and how to be able to uh, use their, the materials and the, op- the opportunities that they have ahead of them in order to get to that, that horizon. See, Collins combines both of these and calls it lean strategy, which he claims uh, guards against the extremes of both rigid planning and unrestrained experimentation, sort of the difference between the ideas guy and the uh, the, the business runner, right? That's yeah. the typical um, idea of, of how companies work. Another definition you could look at is Howard H. Stevenson's of Harvard Business School, um, he defines entrepreneurship as the pursuit of opportunity without regards to resources currently controlled. So sort of the idea guy coming yeah. up with these ideas yeah. without thinking about the resources that you'd need or how to mobilize them or whatever. Yeah. And um, that they are challenged by the shortage of money and talent and the idea of intellectual property, which uh, can often challenge a lot of idea people who are like, I have a great idea. Why don't I just use this widget from someone else that someone else owns to fix the world? Yeah, see, that reminds me of your grandpa's plumbing partner, Dan. Dan, a long, tall, lanky Texan, uh, premature, gray, white hair at 30-some years old. <laughs> and he had a good vision uh, as far as this company that they were partners of. But it was one of those visions where money was a bottomless pit. And so when we were driving one time, this is in Beverly Hills. I was a teenager doing plumbing. And uh, we were, I was driving their brand-new yellow van, just bought it. And we were trying to get in the backyard in a place called Little Homeby Hills. And this is where lots of stars, uh, a big producer actually lived here. And so I drove this van, and I said, Dan, I'm not going to be able to make it through those two contractor's trucks. You know, cause they had, like, vices on the sides and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. He said, I can, you can make it. You can make it. He said, keep going. So, so I'm driving, and all of a sudden I hear this... <laughs> And I went, uh-oh, that's a brand new truck. 
He goes, yeah, brand new. Keep, so literally he goes, off keep the going, dock. keep going, keep going. All the, he scraped the side of the sink all wow. the way through to get to these trucks. We made it through. When we got back, my stepfather hit the ceiling. Brand yeah. new truck. <laughs> With a huge scratch down the side. Worse than that is the next week a water heater fell up against the back door inside. So it was mm-hmm. kind of lodged in there and we couldn't open it from the outside. So instead of him crawling in there with somebody to pull it back, he yeah. used a crowbar. Oh. And opened up the van door and then tied it together with I don't know what it was, a bungee cord <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I mean this this truck was trashed in, in two or three weeks. It, uh, but see, he had a vision, but <laughs> the way to get there wasn't exactly the most cost effective. <laughs> You're listening to Improv Inc. Business, where personal and business finance take a front row seat. We'd like to thank our sponsor today, Rick E. Norris and Accountancy Corporation, for helping support the show. And if you have any emails or questions that you want to send us, as other people have been sending them in, uh, send them to rick at improvingbusiness.com. That's improv with a hyphen, ing business.com. Now time for our tax tales. Tax tales, tax tales, tax tales, tax tales, tax tales. Tax tales, a woo. And today's tax tale comes from accountingtoday.com. Since we're talking about space travel, we thought about the next uh, best thing for most people to access, and that was um, hot air balloons. (laughs) You can probably get one of those really, really high up in the air. And um, in 2010, the Kansas Department of Revenue issued a private letter ruling discussing the taxability of hot air balloon rides. Now, I didn't think that hot air balloons were such a big deal that, like, the state government would have to write a whole letter about it. Well, I mean, last week we talked about taxing air. Oh, we did. Yeah, I guess it does make sense. <laughs> well, in Kansas, I mean, that's where they did um, um, the Wizard of Oz. Right. And- there was a hot air balloon in the Wizard of Oz, so yeah, that right. it was. Tax. I guess it's sort of like this the the state symbol. <laughs> <laughs> but their but their question uh, was uh, whether or not balloon rides uh, qualified for certain taxes because they have to tax the sale of admissions to any place providing amusement, entertainment, or recreation services. Um, and the question wasn't whether or not balloon rides are entertaining because we all know that they are. Um, but whether or not federal law preempts the imposition of state sales tax on sales of those rides. I'd also uh, argue that that a hot air balloon isn't a, a, a place uh, that provides am- amusement since it's like a vehicle that provides amusement. Um, that's how I'd argue it. But anyway, under the Anti-Head Tax Act, uh, states and local jurisdictions are prohibited from imposing fees and charging on airlines and other airport uses. So the idea was, well, is a hot air balloon like an airline in that people are using it to travel? Or is it like a carnival ride that we'd have to tax? And uh, the department determined that untethered balloon rides were uh, actually – if they're actually piloted somewhere, somewhere uh, that's a distance downwind from the launching point, they would be considered as air commerce. 
which yeah. is crazy because nobody takes hot air balloons. Not since the forties. Like when the with the not since after the Hindenburg has it been a way to transport. Anyway, they you know what ruled, you know what the problem would be then when you what? land somewhere else. You gotta pay that exit tax we talked about two weeks ago to get oh, back exactly to where you started. The and there's gonna be so much more air because there's it's all in that hot air balloon, right? <laughs> anyway, I guess uh, hot air balloons are the same thing as airplanes in Kansas. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Now it's time for our takeaways, where we talk about specific steps you can take to what implement what we've been talking about on the podcast. Now, the first thing we want you to do is learn to design a strategic plan. And you could do that a couple of ways. Uh, one is that there's lots of books, there's lots of, of articles. Uh, we have a, um, a, a podcast, at least one that we did, uh, that talks about strategic planning. And That's so, a better way to do it. Yeah, better way to do it. That's right. <laughs> Uh, if you go to our website, uh, improvingbusiness.com, uh, we'll have that link for you so you can find it. I think that one, the first one we did, really, the first podcast we ever did, Alfonso the Great. Yeah, and, I think uh, was... the strategic plan of Alfonso the Great, my, our grandfather that crossed between two eight-story buildings back in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. As we, a high-rise artist. Right. And so we thought, hey, you know, why, why don't we just kind of say, what would have you done if you did a strategy and strategic plan? So that's one way to do it. Uh, but if you want to use a simple template, it's basically this. Pick your vision is the first thing. Where do you want to be 10 to 20 years from now? What's the horizon? Not how to get there, but where do you want to be? Uh, two is inspect your internal strengths and weaknesses. You know, everybody has strengths and weaknesses. Every business does. Three is observe the outside opportunities and conversely obstacles. You know, there could be another business that's like yours. It's an obstacle. It's going to be your competitor. But there also could Mm -hmm. be opportunities out there for you. Uh, Fourth, develop an overall strategy to get to that horizon. So now you've got this this strategy and this horizon. You want to to get there. You want to use these strengths and weaknesses and the opportunities and say, okay, how am I going to get to that horizon? And then the last is uh, design sub-strategies. That's like sub-categories or uh, sub-things that you want to do to get there that you can measure. Uh, Things like marketing, expansion, procurement. So after you've done your strategic plan, then do your business plan, which is a little bit easier, which a lot of people know. Well, at least from an accountant, it's a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, we definitely have a podcast about that as well. Yeah, we have one there. We'll have a link for that on our website also on how to do a business plan. Mm -hmm. so uh, each item in your action plan that's in your strategic plan about what you're going to do, that should be ingrained in your business plan so that if you're planning to, um, let's say, build a website in order to get international recognition, that expense and that timeline should be built into your business plan of when you're going to do it. And third, uh, you want to intermarry these two. Sort of. Um, you may not be convinced that strategy can help uh, strategic plans uh, or business plans, but y- you are going to be able to move seamlessly from one to the other. Uh, make sure to focus on a horizon, uh, investigate and measure your opportunities, and interrelate your strategy and tactics. That's take your business plan and your strategic plan and make sure that they connect at all points. Um, I know a lot of people who will make plans or start doing something and then um, 
will come back with the second plan that that's the outgrowth of that and then they won't match up so you have to make sure that everything you make is matched up the example i like to use is uh, i advise people since we talked about essays earlier to write the um <laughs> write the thesis paragraph after you write the whole essay because often you'll write the essay and it'll be completely different and you'll have to rewrite the beginning so uh, make sure that both of those intermarry with one another if there's one thing you have to take away is the moral to this uh, podcast is that you have to keep one eye on the horizon and the other on the step in front of you. So I guess it'll help to be a chameleon. Or a Marty Feldman. Oh, yeah, Marty Feldman. He would do it. Now is the time for questions from our readers. Uh, this email comes from Richard, and he says that I'm uh, retired with a pension. I have skills, and I want to start a new business to supplement my earnings. Where should I start? Well, Rich, what we talked about earlier today about the business plan and strategic plan is something that you should do. But you know what? Let's just make it a little simpler. Let's look at you and say, what is it that you have that is valuable? What is it? What skill has you developed over your lifetime that's valuable? And uh, you know, be honest about that. And also about any weaknesses. For example, is that um, if you are a strong technician at building things or doing things, you may need a salesperson to partner with because you'll never be able to sell anything if you're just a technician person and not a salesperson. But the other thing is, why don't you look at another strength you have that may be unrelated, such as, um, you know, you have like another, uh, you know, like for somebody, for example, would be, let's say they build things, you know, they're woodworkers. But let's say they're also very in tune to things like design and uh, antiques. So they may want to build something that's similar to something that was done 150 years ago and yeah, set like yourself a apart. New take on it. Right. And just set yourself apart. That's all we have for today's show. Uh, thank you for listening. Tune in next week when we'll be talking about vacation budgeting. But till then, um, enjoy that vacation. This is Rick. See you next week. This is Brandon. Have a nice day. Bye. Our music for this podcast was composed and produced by Devin S. Norris. If you like what you hear and would like to have custom music for any of your projects, contact him at devinsnorris.com.